It's sad when good friends and family leave, but the exciting thing is that we get to send them into their God-given path as a family, positioned and moved by the Lord. But we know that the Lord is building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. So don't get discouraged. I know it can feel discouraging when beautiful family um, are leaving, but I know that the Lord has a good plan for this family here. And he will bring every single person that we need to build this church. He won't leave us without a family. <laughs> so be encouraged. And, and let's like cheer, cheer each other on as, as the Lord just positions everyone like a chess master. I feel like that's what he's doing in this season. He's just shuffling people around where they need to be. And I keep praying for our church, Lord. Put their aces in their places. Put people where they need to be. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys. All right. Should we pray? We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? I need him. <laughs> we all need him. Holy Spirit, we love you and we love your presence. Oh, and we just ask that you would speak to us today. Without you, these are just words. We want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. This is your church. You're the head of your church. So we just ask that you would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, for the last five weeks, we've been talking about cultivating um, personal revival in our hearts. And my prayer for us all is that we would take responsibility for our own walks with God. Because I'm responsible for ensuring that revival's going on in my heart. I'm responsible for that. You can't do that for me. You can't have a relationship with God for me. Just like I can't have a relationship with God for you. Okay, we're all responsible for that. So my prayer is that you've been stirred up to be hungry, to continue to pursue the Lord and everything that he has for you. And if we just do a little dance, a two-minute dance, we've been talking about this for five weeks, can you believe? Um, we started in Luke 24, I think it was, and we're talking about the road to Emmaus and, and just like some simple things that we can um, do in our lives to, to burn for Jesus being in the word, walking with Jesus, taking communion. Then we talked about the power of surrender, the, just the power of laying your life down and saying, God, I'm yours, not holding on to your life. And then we heard from Dave um, and the revelation of sonship. And it's such a key revelation for us to be, to be actually burning with revival fire, that we operate as sons. I think he said, um, the Lord had said to him, the world's not looking, say it. I've... Yes, the Lord's not looking for programs. Uh, the world's not looking for programs. He's looking for sons. Um, so powerful, such a powerful revelation. And then we heard from Jimmy, and, and we heard about what can happen when you just pursue the Lord, when you just like make him your number one priority and you just go after him. 
And we heard what it looks like to live a life that is compelled by the love of God when you're just engulfed in God and you're just pursuing him and living from that place. Powerful. Thank you, Jimmy. And then last week we heard from beautiful Carla and she shared her story and just how the spirit of adoption just changed her world. She was adopted as a daughter and now she's on fire for the Lord because of that. Like such key revelations and it it was powerful. And so I was sitting with the Lord and I'm like, God, how on earth do I wrap this up? Because I feel like there's lots of things we could talk about. We could talk about this for months and months to to keep like putting wood on the fire. But I feel like we're going to bring it to an end because we're going to have our Christmas service next week and then some people will be away. So I feel like the Lord will have different things to say. But um, so I was asking him and I love that he's the head of his church And so when we ask him what to talk about, he's always got something to say because he loves you. He loves this church family. And I felt the Lord say, it's so simple, and I feel like we know this, but I wanted to camp on this to end it. Uh, He spoke out of John 15, verse 9, and he said, As the Father loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. That was Jesus speaking. Jesus said, As the Father loves me, so I love you. Abide in my love. If you want to live a life of revival... And if you want to be on fire for Jesus, if you want to do anything, anything at all that's of value to the kingdom, the key is simple. Abide in his love. Hmm. The Passion put it this way. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. We need to let the love of God nourish our hearts. And today I just sense that the Lord wants to baptise us afresh in his love. He wants to just love you. So open your heart to him. Open your heart to him. Just think about it. Man, when you have a friend, husband, a wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, whoever it is, child that lavishes love on you. Just lavish, lavish, lavish. And you feel safe and loved and encouraged in their presence. When you have that relationship with someone, you don't then have to like muster up effort to like love them back or to do anything for that person. I feel like Ruth, she is so like generous with her, with her love. She will give you everything that she has. She'll give you the shoes on her feet. She'll, she'll empty your bank account. She will love you so beautifully. I don't have to try hard to love Ruth back. I don't have to try at all. I, I love her 
and I'll do anything. It's like, whatever you need, Ruth, I'm here. Because she's loved so generously. And it's like that with the gospel. That's what it is. God, we love because God first loved us. And when we receive that love from the Lord, it's not hard to surrender your life. In fact, you don't have a choice. I feel it's like that is the... When, when he fills your, your heart with his love, game over. It's game over. You, you, can't, you can't help but serve him. You can't help be compelled by his love. Man, and we know the scripture. We're not going to camp for a long time in scripture today. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. We know this stuff that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 4, 19. We loved because he first loved us. Romans 8, 39, 38 to... Th- ugh, say it again. Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate you from his love? Nothing. Nothing. And I feel like we can, especially if you go to church all the time, we can hear this stuff all the time. And it can just become words. You can be like, oh yeah, I know that. It's just words on a page. And, and it can just like wash over you. It's almost like you become, I don't know, immune to the power of what this is telling us. Does, does anyone relate to that? And you're like, oh, yeah, I know that. But I feel like we need to open our hearts and actually have the encounter, the encounter of love that's available And gosh, we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you to jumpstart our hearts. We need you to come and just fill us with your love. (laughs) Jesus said, as the fathers love me, so I love you. Abide in my love. Abide. It means to stay in a given place to stay in a state, to stay in expectancy, to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, to stand, to tarry. Hmm. I feel like the stand's going to fall over. We need to open our hearts, hey. We need to not be afraid to wait on the Lord and just have him fill us with his love. No matter how long it takes. I remember the first time for me when I encountered the tangible love of God that ran through my physical body. And it was very early days of this church being planted. And I think it was... It was very early. I'm not even sure it was an official group. 
that I rocked up to this house full of people I didn't know. But I got whiff that someone was talking about righteousness and about knowing God. And I was hungry. I wanted the Lord. So I was like, yep, I'm, I'm going. And I rock up and my dear friend Mark Greenwood was there. And he wouldn't mind me saying this, but at the time he looked like a hippie. Hippie crossed with bikey member, I reckon. Like very long hair, very like long scraggly beard, tattoos, opposite of my world, opposite. So I walk in and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> anyway, he starts teaching from the word. And the Holy Spirit in me witnesses that what he's saying is true. The Holy Spirit, like my heart's on fire while he's, while he's sharing. And he's sharing about righteousness and intimacy, how we can know the Lord. And so my heart's on fire. And then at the end, he's like, all right, we're just going to put on some music and we're, gonna, we're just going to wait on the Lord. And I rolled my eyes so no one could see because... In the past, I hadn't really ever had a significant encounter really with the Lord. So zero faith, rolled my eyes, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to be really real with you, I'm thinking in my head, these guys, they're all going to go on about how they've seen visions and angels and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to feel nothing. That, that was my expectation, zero expectation. Close my eyes. And as soon as I closed my eyes, isn't God kind? <laughs> I saw a vision. Never seen a vision before. Saw a vision. It was like a movie was playing in, in my head. And I was in a room sitting on a stool. And the room was empty. I was just sitting there on a stool. And then Jesus walked in the room. And he was carrying an easel under his arm and a canvas and paint. And he walked in and he caught my eye and gave me a little smile. And then he set up an easel and he began to paint. And I had, oh, I had the King of Glory piercing me with his eyes as he as he painted me. It was uncomfortable, but so intense and, and so, uh, so safe. I felt so safe. <laughs> and when he was done, he flipped it around so I could see it. And Jesus can paint, hey. <laughs> he, had, he had managed to capture my heart the way he painted it, it, it was breathtaking. And then he turned around to hang it on the wall behind him and I wasn't aware of the wall at the time. But then I, I was aware of the wall and I was like, gosh. And I looked up to see where the wall ended and I couldn't see the wall. It was like it went up to heaven. And then I looked to the left and to the right 
and I couldn't see the end of this wall. Couldn't see. It was like a never-ending wall. And he found a place to hang the picture. Then he grabbed my hand and just had me take in um, the rest of the wall. And then all of a sudden I could see what was on the wall. And he had... Hmm. It was all of me. He had captured every every moment of my life, every tear, every joy, every significant moment. He had captured it, not just with a camera. He bothered to paint it. And he filled up this whole wall that was never ending with pictures of me. And as I, as I just took it in, my body was overcome with waves of the affection and the love of, of Christ. My physical body started to encounter the love of God that was very real. It wasn't just a vision anymore. It was the love of God washing through my body that was greater than any, any other love I've ever experienced, whether it be love for my children or my husband. Nothing compares to that. I was never the same. <laughs> I've had lots of those moments, but I was never the same after that. Leif Hetland has a quote, and he said, Here is the secret. We cannot love others beyond the ca- capacity that we have allowed God to love us. Our love comes from his love. We will burn out, rust out, and give up if we seek to love from our own strength and resources, we can only love others as Christ loves us. We do not need more books, more doctrine or catchy songs. We need a baptism of love. Can I encourage you to open your hearts to the Lord? You won't be disappointed. God reminded me of this story um, on the way here. Years and years ago, I was heading to a connect group. This is probably eight years ago. Um, No, probably longer, actually. I had had three children. um, Three children. Isaiah was four, Noah was one, and I had a newborn. And I was heading to a connect group. I was super introverted, didn't want to talk to anyone, didn't want to know anyone really. But I knew this was good for me. I was like, I need to, I just, I love God and I want to learn about God, basically. That's the only reason I was there. And on the way, um, mums would probably relate. Got three little kids. I, I hadn't been spending any time with the Lord that week, zero time. And I knew in the car I would be asked, what's the Lord said to you? I knew I'd be asked a question about the Lord. And I, and I was just driving in the car and I was, I was feeling condemned. Just like, oh, you've got nothing to say. You're hopeless. That's, that's the sort of thing I'm hearing in the car. 
Um, and I'm like, oh, such an awful Christian, hopeless, haven't spent any time with God. What am I going to say? I've got nothing to say. And the Lord spoke. And he said, Naomi, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more than I already do. There's nothing you can do. And man, I cried about that too. <laughs> There's nothing we can do to make him love us anymore. I feel like someone needed to hear that today. Don't get me wrong, we don't go into this like spiritual coma where we don't do anything. But I feel like nothing, like the, the love of God depends on the work of Jesus, not on what I do and don't do. And I feel like I can definitely um, please the Lord increasingly by the decisions that I make and the way that I live my life. But his love, that's set. That's set. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you. Hebrews 10:19 it says this just reminds us it's a good one to write down and to just sit in and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus and he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm boldly and with no hesitation for he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since we now have a, magnific a ma magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove, it, to remove impurity and we have been freed from an accusing conscience and now we are clean, unstained and presentable to God inside and out. Ah, oh, the Bible, hey? You're compatible with God. You're compatible with God because of the blood of Jesus and nothing, nothing that the devil tells you can, can, can change that truth. So I feel like, I feel like we just need to respond to the Lord and just let him love us for a sec. This afternoon, I was praying for our church community and I was just praying the prayer in Ephesians 3.16 that according to the riches of his glory, God would grant us to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being 
so that Christ can dwell in our hearts by, through faith, that you, Glory City Church, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God, that you may know the love of Christ, not just hear about it, know it, know it experientially. Hmm. We can know the love of Christ. We can experience the love of Christ in our bodies. In fact, we're praying that we would be strengthened in our bodies to comprehend. <sighs> Sam, is there some music or something we can pop on? I just feel like we should take a moment to just receive from the Lord. It's just you and him. And the altar's free. If you want to come and just you can stay in your seat or you can come forward. I don't feel like I need to minister to you. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to minister his love to you. Where you sit or if you come forward. But I just want to encourage you, um, don't be afraid to come, like, to come forward. Don't be afraid. It doesn't mean you don't have it all together. Man, if I sniff the Holy Spirit is moving, I'm at the front. <laughs> if I sniff, I, I want everything that he has for me. Everything. No one's judging if you come down the front. Be hungry for him. Be hungry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they shall be filled. Filled, filled, filled. And I just feel like we need to learn to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing and what He's saying. We have to learn that when He's, when he's working, let's respond. Psalm 27 verse 8, it says, You have said to me, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face will I seek God. Let's respond to his love. Let's let him love us. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I just thank you for this church family. And I just thank you, Lord that it's your delight to pour out your love on us all. So we respond to you, Holy Spirit. We respond to you, Holy Spirit. You said, seek my face. We say, your face will I seek, Lord. Baptise us afresh in your love, Holy Spirit. Baptise us afresh in your love.
God. We enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. We enter in. Thank you, Father.